What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello. Welcome back to Gunfighter Life. Today we're going to talk about stalking. Not stalking as in stalking women. I'm talking about spot and stalk hunting. I'm talking about getting primitive with whatever it is, a rifle, a bow, a handgun, or whatever it is, getting out in the wilderness, stalking up on a living animal, killing it, and eating its flesh. That's what we're talking about today in Gunfighter Life. As always, I'm your host, Michael Melito. A little bit about me in this podcast. I've been very blessed by God to do a lot of things. First and foremost in life, I am a Christian. I make no apologies for that. It's first and foremost in my life and everything that I do. And this podcast is no different. All the things that I've been blessed and graced to be able to do, I take no credit for those. Those are all a gift from God. I grew up hunting and fishing at a, and shooting at a very early age in the, in the South. That's the southeastern United States for those of you outside the U.S., um, you know, in the backwoods of Virginia, hunting and fishing in a world that doesn't really exist, even a few decades later, like it did back then. Um, some of my earliest and fondest memories are, are walking around the woods with a gun or shooting. I joined the Marine Corps at 17, where by God's grace, I made it back after two combat tours in Iraq alive, not because I was better or deserved it, but because God chose to save me. And uh, after that, I was an urban warfare instructor for the United States Marine Corps under Mojave Viper, where I taught urban warfare and desert warfare to troops going overseas, both our military and foreign militaries. I also worked for LAPD, um, where, by God's grace, again, I worked some of the nastiest streets in the country in L.A., doing regular patrol work and fugitive recovery, where, by God's grace, again, I made it out in one piece. Also served the United States Army, both full-time and part-time National Guard in different combat MOSs, different MOSs, uh, primary infantry 11 Bravo. I've been a long-time competition shooter. I did my first formal shooting competition in 1998. I've been very blessed by God with talents to win uh, anything from precision rifle to action pistol, steel challenge, USPSA. I've competed in muzzleloader, archery. You name it. I've been very blessed to compete in it, even you know, even hatchet throwing, things like that I've competed in. But I've been very blessed to win a lot of competitions in rifle and pistol. Those are kind of my bread and butter. Rifle was really my first uh, competition passion. And then pistol later in life because I figured if I was going to have to defend myself with a gun, it was most likely going to be a handgun. I was a commander of a tactical team, an SRT team, special response team. Most of you would consider it a SWAT team in a very large metropolitan area. I was blessed to be the commander of that unit. And uh, by God's grace, I've always also been a private contractor and worked for some three-letter government agencies, which I won't mention because it's not a part of this podcast and not really important. Uh, and I don't say any of that to brag. Like I said, I, all that stuff is a gift from God. But I say it to, to say that uh, I come at this from a real-world perspective. Um, I am right now a professional hunter and guide, which not a lot of people can say in this day and age. 
hunting anything from elk to buffalo to um, all kinds of exotic deer on, on a very large ranch, which I'll get into at the end of the podcast, but I'm very blessed to have that job and uh, very blessed to be able to be a professional hunter and guide and like a professional buffalo and elk hunter. How many people in today's day and age are blessed to be able to say that? I'm a professional firearms instructor and trainer, FBI certified, NRA certified, all those things. So I'll get more into that at the end of the podcast. But today we're talking about spot and stalk hunting, which is something that I love. Um, There's a quote by Jeff Cooper of Townsend Whalen, one of the uh, big time guys decades ago in the hunting and shooting world. And uh, I'm not sure exactly which one said it, and I'm not sure of the exact quote, but it's something like, men stalk alone in the wilderness or men stalk with a rifle alone in the wilderness something like that and I would say there's something intrinsically just I don't even know how to describe it just something that if you have done it and don't do it you feel like something's missing and uh, and I think if you've never done it, you just are missing out. I don't know how else to put it, but grabbing a weapon and stalking a living animal in the wilderness and taking it and butchering it and consuming its flesh is just something I think that every man, if he feels called to, should experience. And not everybody is going to do that. I I get that there are vegetarians and vegans, and I'm not putting that down. I get that there are pacifists, and that's fine. Um, That's certainly not me, but I certainly do not pretend to be any better than those people. But if that's not you and that appeals to you, I encourage you to learn how to spot and stalk hunt. I encourage you to learn how to hunt and how to spot and how to stalk. And you don't need a gun for this. You don't need a license for this. To do the kind of stuff I'm talking about, yeah, you need a license. But you can practice this in a, in a park with squirrels. Um, you can practice this on, uh, on on whatever, wherever you are. I'm sure there's something you can try and spot and stalk on. It might not be the same, but it's a similar skill that you can develop. You can do it with a camera. Your goal could be to get super close to get a really good picture. And you could get the skill of spotting and stalking and maybe even still hunting without a gun and that's totally fine but let me tell you about a a recent blessed experience that I had Uh, it's a buffalo hunt which is something I had always wanted to do and in today's world it's kind of hard to do but I'm very blessed like I said to be uh, the steward of a ranch um, one of the stewards of a ranch very large hunting operation where they have buffalo and elk and fallow and axis and seek a deer and and rams and all those things and this was a buffalo archery hunt which you know hunting buffalo is a rare thing hunting buffalo archery is is another rare thing and uh the client that i have was a great guy really meek very wise older gentleman i think at least i think he was wise because he didn't talk a lot usually people talk less uh, when they're wise so See, he was a great man. Um, I was really honored and humbled to be his guide on this buffalo hunt. And we were going after the big alpha male of the buffalo herd. And uh, 
our first attempt we had quite a few people with us trying to film and stuff like that and it didn't work out and I was very blessed to be selected to be his sole guide literally walking in the in in this giant wilderness ranch with just him and I and uh, I had a rifle just in case but uh, he was armed with a bow and we were trying to stalk up so first we had to locate these buffalo um, and we didn't know we kind of knew kind of where they were but not exactly we had to locate them and stalk up on them and if you know anything about archery hunting you have to be in a lot closer than you do with a rifle um, so we had to stalk in pretty close this guy told me he was comfortable at no further than 40 yards um, so let me just tell you about this experience we start looking for these buffalo um, we had scared them once before with some more people so we kind of knew the general area where they were we sat down for a while it was a beautiful unseasonably warm day um, it may have been January I don't remember if it was February yet or not I, I would have to check my phone for the date on the pictures but we sat and looked enjoying the beautiful day and God's beautiful creation Psalms 19 the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows us his handiwork uh, we didn't see anything, so I figured they must be in another area since they didn't pass us. So we started stalking through the woods and on the edges of fields. We went back and forth, checking a couple of different fields. Um, these are plains bison, so they're more of a field species than a forest species, although they can be found in both. And uh, we checked a couple of fields with uh, no bison, and then we found him. We found, first I spotted the female, um, and then I figured the alpha male was somewhere close at hand. And uh, we spotted the big buffalo herd. Now the alpha male and the ones below him, there's not much difference unless they're standing exactly side by side. But this one had kind of a more blonde mane and I had known him from seeing him in times past. And uh, I talked to my hunter and I got him set and I... I uh, made sure that he knew which buffalo was the alpha and the biggest of the group and we tried to stalk in close to these bison uh, these bison had already been spooked once before so they weren't having it um, there was not enough cover not enough trees and not enough permissible terrain there was a deep canyon between us not a deep canyon but a sizable canyon between us that prevented just a flat-out stalk of walking up on these bison uh, we got in the position which is a guide's, you know, part of a guide's thing is knowing the lay of the land and knowing to read the wind. And uh, all this you'll learn when you learn to spot and stalk. But I got in a position, but there was just, the terrain did not permit us to get any closer. And we were far out of bow range. So, you know, um, we got down, I forget if we were sitting or kneeling, but we just got down and waited, you know, patiently. And uh, by God's grace, God gave us a very heavy downpouring of rain. I mean, it was raining hard and it was loud and we were getting soaked and wet laying there. And as soon as that rain picked up, and if you've ever been in the forest in the rain, you know how loud it can be. And I looked at the hunter and uh, I knew God had blessed us and I said, now is our chance. So we literally got down on our hands and knees or on our bellies and crawled, you know, up this ravine to get close to these bison while the rain was hitting and it was hard and heavy and they were distracted and and there was all manner of noise so they couldn't hear us stalking up on them and we got close and uh, one of the younger males I think kind of caught wind of us and he came closer and I thought oh he might he might give us away so we literally laid there on our stomach for what seemed like a long long time and if you've ever been trying to kill something and you've got that fear uh 
not the fear, if you've ever gotten that rush of adrenaline, um, you know that time can kind of be skewed, but it certainly seemed like a long time, and we certainly got wet laying on our stomach waiting. So there we were on our hands and our knees or laying down in the soaking, pouring rain on a winter's day in the beautiful rolling hills and fields of Tennessee trying to get within range of this bison. And I kept ranging for my hunter as I was the guide and getting a a good range. And we got exactly, well not exactly, the rangefinder said we were 35 yards away. So pretty close to 35 yards away, which is in range of what he said. And bison are not like a deer. When a deer gets scared, they will generally turn tail and run. But a bison, when they think they're being hunted, they turn and face you. Which, if you have a large caliber rifle, is not that big a deal. But if you have a bow, that's not the shot that you want. You need to wait and be patient, which I'm very blessed that my hunter was, to get that good broadside shot and to know where to shoot. And I told him, okay, do you see the bison? Do you see his front shoulder, very big, massive front shoulder? You need to shoot just behind that where his blonde hair turns to the dark hair. And I forget exactly how I worded it, but that was the gist of it. You see right there behind his front shoulder, about halfway up where that spot is, that's where you need to shoot. And we waited and waited, and he drew back once and didn't have a shot. And the buffalo kept turning towards us because he knew something wasn't right. I don't think he knew that we were people because it was raining really hard, and uh, we were on our on our hands and knees or on our stomachs so I don't think he knew that we were people but he knew that something was off and he kept turning and facing us which makes it hard to get a shot but finally he started walking away giving a good broadside shot and the client the hunter that I was blessed to have that day drew back and he let that arrow fly he released that arrow and I saw it very vividly if you've ever had memory burn and you can remember a memory like it's a movie playing in your head I saw that arrow fly through the air I saw it stick and penetrate deep into that buffalo just right at a good spot in that buffalo right behind the front shoulder and I saw that arrow sink in and I saw those fletchings which are the feathers at the back of the arrow because they were bright yellow sink in deep and I knew it was a good hit I just knew it was just a great hit and uh, I had another arrow ready for the client just in case he had to make another shot because the buffalo is a big animal and often hard to kill Um, but that buffalo ran with the herd Uh, And he ran a little bit to the edge of the field. And he ran and kind of did like a big circle that continued to get smaller. And we could see blood just spewing out of this animal. Just so much blood. Um, And I I didn't tell this, but the hunter said later he saw the blood spewing out of its mouth. Um, We were watching and the buffalo faltered once and fell down. And he, he struggled and got back up for a little bit and then fell down again. And the other buffalo, this is kind of something they do. They kind of stick around the injured buffalo generally to protect it. That's one of their defense mechanisms. But we sat there and watched this giant beast bleed out and die. And it's just one of those things that if you've never done anything like that, it's something you'll never forget. And we had both been hunting for a long time, and we both agreed that it was something we'd never forget. Um, It's just a crazy great experience. Um, that we were very blessed to enjoy together by God's grace. And that buffalo died with one shot of an arrow, which is is not a common thing. And we went, and when the other buffalo left, we kind of scared them off. Um, they were kind of bewildered because their big alpha leader of the pack was, was down. We went and stood over that animal, and just the amount of blood and the, the just the immense size of that creature kind of like the first time I shot an elk and walk up to it after being a deer hunter 
and they look big but when you walk up to them and they're down and you're just in the middle of the wilderness with a pack and you're like oh this animal is is huge just the enormity of that animal and the, the size of it you just go and try to move its head and it's just massive just the experience of that I think is something that every man or woman if they feel so inclined should experience to be able to feed their family with meat that they took with their own hands you know to get blood on their hands and to stalk up on a wild creature like that it doesn't have to be a bison I've stalked up on a lot of things that's just a very recent one that sticks out in memory Um, it was only a few weeks ago just to be able to stalk up on something So we'll talk a little bit about spot and stalk hunting. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to hunt. There's stand hunting, which is very common in the eastern U.S., where you kind of pick a spot and sit in it or sit in a tree stand. And there are times when that's maybe your only option or times when that's your best option. I've definitely hunted like that. I don't like to hunt like that if I can spot and stalk or still hunt. Um, there's spot and stalk hunting, which we're going to talk about. They're still hunting which is very similar in that you walk through the woods and you kind of find a spot and you think, oh, there's probably animals around here. I'm going to be still and wait and wait for those animals. And you can kind of go back and forth between spot and stalk and still hunting on any given hunt. Um, So there's that kind of hunting. There's also driven hunts, which are popular in some parts of the U.S. and in Europe, where you get a group of guys together, also very primitive, and you try and drive an animal you have what's called pushers which push the animal and you have shooters which shoot the animal when it gets pushed to where you desire it to go um the mongolians hunted like that um it's a very ancient form of hunting native americans hunted like that sometimes like i said still very popular in europe there's hunting with dogs which is a lot of fun a lot of different ways to hunt but uh today like i said we're talking about spot and stalk hunting which is that and still hunting but probably spot and stalk hunting are my favorite ways of hunting There's something very rewarding and very primitive about an animal that was designed to avoid predators and you being a better predator than they are at escaping and stalking up on that animal and taking its life and eating it. There's so much that goes into this that I just realized doing this that we're already... 18 minutes in and I haven't even barely gotten started but there's so many skills involved in spot and stalk hunting um there's vision there's actually spotting the game um and a lot goes into that just knowing the area looking at a map or looking at the area with your eyes and saying okay these are the weather conditions this is a time of year this is my prey this is my quarry this is probably the most likely place they're going to be um this is the way the wind is and this is how I need to come and this is where the sun is and this is how I need to approach Um, those are all things Um, knowing how to walk quietly in the woods is a skill that astounds me that a lot of people don't know It, it seems like when you take somebody in the woods that doesn't know that they're trying to be loud And I realized this the first time I took my wife hunting and got very frustrated. Uh, She grew up, she's a great woman, I love my wife, and and she hunts with me sometimes and she has taken animals. But when I first started taking her, it seemed like she was trying to be loud. Um, Because she just didn't know. She grew up, you know, in the suburbs and, and 
walking around in like what I call like civilized world, you don't have to really worry about being loud when you walk. When you walk in the woods and you're trying to sneak up on an animal with good hearing and good scent and good vision, you're you're trying to be quiet. And I heard this described on the Vortex Nation podcast, which I like to listen to. But they they likened it, and it was a very good analogy. And I'll give them the credit. Like when you watch a cat trying to stalk up on something, and every move is deliberate, and every footstep is deliberate, and the way you know you tighten up those core muscles in your abs and just place every foot quietly um, and just you look the next step in front of you and you plan out a route you know 100 yards in front of you and every step is deliberate just going over to my head there's just so much that goes into it there's no way I can cover it all in one podcast maybe I'll break it down um, but the marksmanship is one of my favorite parts that goes into spot and stalk hunting. You have to have the discipline and know how to take a snapshot, like when you only get a split second, maybe to make that shot and call whether it's a good shot. And you have to have the confidence, at, you know, as an expert marksman to know I, I can take that shot or I shouldn't take that shot. I should wait. And one of the hardest skills to learn as a shooter is when to not shoot and when to have the discipline to not shoot. But when to take that snapshot or whether to not take that snapshot and when to take your time and get in a better position to get a better shot. All those things. Um, Knowing how to read the wind, knowing how to read the landscape. um, Knowing when literally to run and when to not move a muscle for long periods of time. You know, knowing just basic things like how to dress. Um... You know, do my clothes make noise when I walk in them? Things like, you wouldn't believe how loud something can be until you get into the quiet and you're walking and your pants are rubbing and you're like, oh, that's really loud. Um, Things like that. When it's so quiet, you hear your own heart beating. Things like that you get to enjoy when you're spotting stalk hunting. The joy of taking, you know, the pleasure of taking an animal and feeding yourself or your family or other people. And the frustration when you've put in a lot of hard work and you didn't do necessarily anything wrong, but a squirrel or a bird gives you away and your hunt is kind of blown or that stalk is blown. You know, knowing all those things and get to experience all those things. You know, in today's modern society, there's something rewarding about putting meat on the table that you harvest it as a man with your own two hands or woman Uh, my wife puts meat on the table too I take her hunting and uh, anyway um, when you you know walk up when you take that animal's life and you know what that's like and when you carve that animal up to be consumed and when you pack it out on your back or lift it up and when you sit down and have a meal with that when you sit down and eat that in a stew or on a grill or just chopped up in pieces on a fire or raw which yes I've done um, when you do that it's it brings back all those memories and that appreciation that you don't get if you get a piece of ground beef that you bought wrapped in cellophane from Walmart or Winco or wherever you just you don't have that you're missing something 
And I don't want anybody to miss those things. Um, I like to keep my episodes pretty short, so I'll probably start to wrap up. Um, Maybe I'll do a part two to this. Um, There's so much that goes into it. Um, Literally entire societies spend their whole life and generation after generation perfecting spot and stalk hunting. And I certainly have a lot to learn. But if you'd like to learn, um, I recently left my big city job and because uh, I was not getting enough time to walk in the wilderness and what I thought was the best thing to do. So I gave it a big city job and, and big city salary to start something and to be a professional hunter and guide on a ranch, a very large game ranch in Tennessee. And I started up uh, a thing, well I should say God started, but he's using me. Good Shepherd Training. You can visit it, Good Shepherd Training, on what Instagram. You can visit Good Shepherd Training on Facebook. Um, I'll, there's a link to it on the main part of this podcast. You can also link this episode to it. Don't feel like you have to. Um, if you just want to listen to the episode, listen. And don't feel guilty about it. I'm not asking you for any money or anything like that. Listen, enjoy, glean what you can from it, and don't feel guilty. But if you want to come learn in person or you want some training in shooting or hunting, um, one of the big things that I enjoy is teaching new shooters, youth shooters, um, anybody that's new to hunting or wants to get better at hunting. I do a learn to hunt class. It's two days. We go over a lot of things we talked about, you know, marksmanship, being a good shooter, you know, learning how to dress, learning how to read the wind, taking that animal and butchering it and, and uh, feeding yourself with it. We'll even cook together if you want to go over all those things in a two-day course it's a learn to hunt course i also do you know shooting instruction i do i'll do big classes i'll do one-on-one instruction again you can visit good shepherd training on instagram good shepherd training on facebook you can visit um you can just email me my real life everyday email is my last name milito m-i-l-i-t-o 227 at gmail m-i-l-i-t-o 227 at gmail um Anyway, you can get a hold of me any of those places. Good Shepherd Training, um, if you feel so inclined. Also, Simple Man Sermons, if you're more interested in the Christian um, aspects of things, which is most important. Um, Simple Man Sermons, don't ask you for anything there. I do it for free. In fact, it costs me money, and I'm happy to do it. Um, good uh, Good Shepherd Training is the name of my, my training and professional thing. And Simple Man Sermons, if you want to... If you want to get uh, a simple preaching of the gospel and the good news. I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope that you will try and get out and spot and stalk. Even if you don't have the time or the money or feel like having me teach you how to do it. I hope that you get out and try and do it. Uh, Or just get out and take a walk in the wilderness. Take a walk in the woods wherever you are. A walk in the desert. You know, get away from people. It said Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness to pray. I hope that you get out and walk in the woods or walk in the desert or walk on the seashore, wherever you are. Find some find some wild and get some. Thanks and have a blessed day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.